Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that tackles your freelance challenges one episode at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I run a Squarespace web design and training business called Squarespace Queen. My name's Michelle Pratt, your other co-host, and my business is Dive Deeper Development, and I'm a business trainer and coach. And in today's episode, we're putting on our sunshine and rainbows hats, and we're going to be talking about staying positive. So we recognise that, especially at the moment, we're recording this during the coronavirus pandemic, sometimes it's very hard to stay positive. And we've all had our ups and downs, and we know how tricky it is. So this isn't going to be just a kind of buck up sunny episode, we're going to be giving you some really practical tips that you can use to start feeling a bit more positive. But what we want to say first is you don't have to be positive all the time. So, Michelle, when we say positive thinking and everything, what is it that we mean? Yeah, I think you're right, Kate. We don't have to be positive all the time. And when we say positive thinking, yeah, you're right. It's not all about just wishful thinking, just shutting your eyes, put your fingers in your ears and just desperately hoping things will be the best, thinking positive thoughts. It's it's about those practical things that you can do to get the results that you want. So it's about the ability to recognise there's a time for negative thinking, but then when that's no longer serving you, it's about this ability to shift your mindset and to get yourself in a state where you can go about doing the things you need to do to get your job done and to, to, to get you the results that you want. And that isn't necessarily just about hoping for the best. There are, as we say, some practical, tangible things you can do to get you in that place. And we're going to share some of ours with you today. But before we go on to the positive thinking side of it, we're just going to take a little moment to explore, to explore the joy of negative thinking, which might seem a bit of a weird thing to do. But Michelle, we were talking about it earlier, and you were saying negative thinking is actually kind of hardwired into us as human beings. Yeah, it, it, it is. So we are kind of born to spot the negatives th- first. So we're wired for surviving first and foremost, rather than thriving. And this is called negativity bias. And it has a huge evolutionary advantage. So if you're thinking way, way back to our ancestors, and remember our brain, our brains, the way our brains have developed, it's millions of years old. We've developed over millions and millions of years. And we haven't evolved that quickly. So we've still got a lot of those old features. And and of course, if you go way, way back to our early ancestors, it was really advantageous to be a negative thinker in the first instance. And our ancestors who stuck their head out the cave more cautiously survived. And those that were a little bit more carefree in the face of predators and threats did not pass on their, their genes. So our brains have evolved to keep us safe above all other things. So we're programmed to notice threats more than opportunities. Of course, if you've got survival covered, then of course you should be turning your focus to thriving rather than surviving. So Katie, when we say we, we don't have to be positive all the time yes we you know we quite rightly we should think negatively when there are genuine threats or when our survival is um at stake but of course if you've got survival covered then it can be really useful to perhaps flex ourselves away from some of those uh threat spotting behaviors and choose ones which are going to get us not just survival but of course good results as well and yeah, of course, before we continue as well, it's worth mentioning that, you know, sometimes if you are feeling down or if you're feeling negative, it can be because of a mental health condition. So, you know, we're not 
trying to be mental health professionals here. We have done an episode about managing your mental health, um, episode number 46, um, if you wanted to check that out as well. But obviously, please talk to your doctor or mental health professional if you are feeling down consistently and there's no kind of obvious reason for it, then yeah, we are not medical professionals. And with that disclaimer out of the way... Well, you know, yeah, and also we're not talking about depression or anxiety, like you say, Katie, that's that I think that's a different cause to perhaps going through a bit of a slump. I think those are very, very distinct and different things. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're covering today, it would help, but I don't think it's going to solve that problem. Exactly. So I hope with some of just the negative thinking ones, we could perhaps perhaps tick some of those off today. Sometimes negative thinking can be helpful, though, and there are some joys of negative thinking and it can be a really, really positive attribute. Yeah, so sometimes it's appropriate to feel negative about a situation or to have a negative thinking response. Sometimes things are bad. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so there are a definite advantage to negative thinking. And yeah, like you say, Katie, the biggest one for me is when it's appropriate. So you mentioned we're recording at the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. And people, we recognise that people generally are worrying about the survival of their business. They might be worried about their income. They might be worried about the health of, of themselves or their friends or family. And of course, all of all of those things, and I mentioned survival, you know, those are times when it's wholly appropriate to be negative. And I think that's important to mention that Katie because I think sometimes we look on Instagram or we look on the internet and people generally post the good stuff they post their best lives and so I don't know also they talk about millennials and Gen Z being impatient or you know expecting to find a solution to any problem at the touch of a button on the internet and perhaps some people have this impression that they shouldn't be negative or they should be able to feel better and that if you feel down there should be a solution to that but actually those emotions are there for a reason. They're there to, to tell us that there's something they've paid attention to. So actually, I think sometimes it's appropriate to, to be feeling down or to think negatively. And I would suggest that you actually just sit with that feeling and just allow yourself to have it and maybe just acknowledge it. And I think there, I think it's okay sometimes to, to do it. So it's wholly appropriate as well. I also think that negative thinking is really good Um in a practical sense too, because it helps you spot flaws in an idea. So, you know, if you've come up with a new business idea, for example, and you you start to get down on it or think negatively about it, a certain amount of that is useful because it allows you to spot some of the potential flaws in your idea and it challenges the rigor of your thinking doesn't it so yeah you some people generally do start going with the reasons why it won't work but it's kind of important to have those covered if you're going to come up with a plan to make your idea come to life so i think spotting flaws challenging thinking it can be a really practical tool particularly when it comes to business well, exactly. I mean, we've probably all worked on teams before where there's been, you know, the, the sort of the negative person on the team. But actually, that person is so useful if you're just trying, you know, if you're thinking up new ideas, if you're thinking up a new plan, they are so useful because they will challenge ideas that uh, if, if you're just kind of, you know, a lot of people that are kind of only looking at the positive, possibly not even realistically, um, then you might go ahead and make mistakes that you could have avoided if somebody had actually sort of had the sort of devil's advocate or the slightly negative role so having negativity is really useful I think for challenging ideas and questioning things as long as it's tempered with the the positivity as well obviously you don't want to have everything be negative and questioned but I think it is really useful for challenging ideas and I think another way it's useful as well is actually 
I mean, yeah, there's the phrase, the pessimist is never disappointed. Um, but, but actually it is good for managing expectations. Um, and again, everything here is a sort of use in moderation and, you know, negative thinking can be useful in moderation, but it does allow you to manage your expectations and prevent you from getting disappointed if something doesn't work out. And if it does work out, then that's a you know an extra bonus. Um, we talked in the last episode about the idea of trying to fail, and uh, you know, and then and then if you do succeed, then it's kind of a bonus win, and it's the same sort of thing I think with you know preventing disappointment yeah. and pre- allowing you to prepare really for a worst case scenario as well, because then if it yeah. happens, you know, then you're prepared. So we, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about how could we have prepared for the the COVID-19 global pandemic. I mean, it would have been difficult. That, that would be some impressive negative. Yeah, that would have been some yeah, neg- that would be, serious that negative be, thinking. Yeah. But, you know, if you'd done a bit of negative thinking that evolved, you know, that was kind of the, what would happen if something external came and was a threat to my business, then that's probably actually helped you to be a bit more prepared. So don't beat yourself up if you have got some negative thinking present when you're thinking about your freelance life. Yeah. And I think the other thing as well, Katie, is that sometimes it just feels good, doesn't it? I mean, it's quite comforting sometimes if you're going through a bit of a bad patch to have a bit of a vent and feel a, feel a bit sorry for yourself. And um, yeah, it's comforting. It's nice just to, to, to let it all out sometimes and feel a bit sorry for yourself. And of course, it can provide closure um, just to, to dwell and let go or focus on uh, losses or things that aren't going so well with you. And I, I think another one for me, Katie, is it, it can stop you being gullible. So sometimes people are always trying trusting or always positive um lovely people really inspiring to be around they can sometimes sometimes have that trust broken and i think a little bit of cynicism uh, is allows you to proceed with caution it's a little it can be healthy just to question things and scrutinize them a little bit you negative thinkers are rarely taken for fools and i guess that's a real positive side too yeah and i think sometimes when you're only thinking positive that can also be bad like if you don't have any negative thoughts then i don't know if anyone's seen the lego movie who's listening but there's a character on there called unikitty and it's you know it's it's a it's a lego cat unicorn i believe hence unikitty Um, and it's just relentlessly positive until the end when spoiler alert it goes on a like rampage and like it's just like all the anger that's been repressed for all this time just gets let out. So I think sometimes the people who seem to be constantly positive are, are possibly kind of unhealthily suppressing some of the negativity and actually it might benefit them for it to be let out sometimes. So um, I think that, that, you know, like only positive thinking is also possibly a bit um, unhealthy at times as well. Yeah, it's it's also really annoying. There is nothing worse that be, I have been worked, especially I worked for a bank. You know, being in situations were quite clearly awful, and then someone trying to toe the corporate line and being super positive, and you just want to punch them in the face because you're like, <laughs> no, it's not fine, and no, it's not an opportunity. I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video um, of the guys from W1A. They did like a co- they did a Zoom meeting. They recorded it. The actors who who are in the program. If you haven't seen W1A, it's brilliant. It will remind you of every office you've ever worked in. 
and uh, they always the, the leader of the group always tries to be super positive and toe the corporate line and he's like so yes the COVID-19 pandemic uh, we're here to come up with solutions among them points out that the BBC have got a 900 hour gap in programming between now and August and he says right well every problem is an opportunity so clearly this is a big opportunity what for <laughs> we don't know yet but clearly it's a big opportunity and uh, yeah that that's not workable so negative thinking I think has some real values and I value people whose brain goes there because I'm generally quite optimistic and so I appreciate that balance I could very easily be the kind of person to spring off towards an idea and sometimes it's nice to have someone just rein you back in and pull you back a bit but I think the negative thinking is only really a problem when you stay there for a long time so if you're if you're having a bit of negative thinking I think that's appropriate and I think that's good but of course if you get to the point where you're staying there you're dwelling there and you don't seem to be able to do anything else I think it's really uh, key to be able to flex your thinking to whatever the situation so if you recognize that there are scenarios where thinking a bit more positively would be useful it's handy to have the skills and the techniques to be able to do it when you need to as well so that breaks break, that sort of breaks the. I think that makes the case for negative thinking. I I also think there is a case for positive thinking, and I think it more often than not, positive thinking will get you better results than negative thinking will. And Katie, I, I mean you. I think you're a good uh, example of the power of positive thinking because you are actually a witch. We've discovered. Oh yeah, yeah. The secret is a hundred percent real, and I'm definitely a witch. And the posit- there, there really is a power of positive thinking. <laughs> so. so this is a kind of ongoing joke with me and Michelle because every time I have a coaching session with her, I identify some things that I want to happen. And some of them are, are you know, quite ambitious. And again, with this positive thinking, it's that kind of like, here's the plan, here's what's going to happen. Um, and then generally within 24 hours, a thing happens that's either on my list or even better than a thing on my list um, that, that was previously seemed quite unlikely. And so we, we have to conclude based on years of evidence now that I am in fact a witch and that, yeah, the, 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 there is really a law of attraction. So <laughs> obviously... Like, okay, my favourite one, my favourite, my favourite one is when you said randomly, uh, Katie, what, what sort of things do you want to do with your business? And you were like, um, do you know, I'd quite like to do a website for a bed and breakfast. And then like within 24 hours or out of the blue, a bed and breakfast, you've never worked with one before. <laughs> some woman just rung you up yeah. and said please will you do the website for my better breakfast yeah <laughs> literally happened. you thought her into existence that's that's my theory yeah exactly <laughs> so you know i i'm a big believer in not the secret um but in having having a positive plan and being open to opportunities and um, obviously there's, you know, yeah, there's kind of talk of the law of attraction and manifesting into the universe what you want to happen. But actually, I think, I think actually the reality is, is probably that stuff would have happened anyway. And that I've just got this kind of confirmation bias approach because I, I have this story that, oh, I can, you know, think positively and then stuff will happen. And I have a session with Michelle and then stuff happens. And then when stuff happens, I'm like, see, see it happens, it works. Um, and I think a lot of things where, you know, you've got kind of lucky talisman or a routine for luck, you then build up this, this confirmation bias where you kind of see the patterns because you're looking for them um, and you expect them to yeah. be there. Um, and there's another thing as well, like uh, I can never remember the name of it, but that thing where basically if you plan to buy a red car and then 
all of a sudden, as soon as you've made that decision, you see red cars everywhere and you notice things more because your mind's kind of attuned to it. Michelle, does it have a proper name? It has a name. It's called your reticular activating system. And yes, Katie, the secret, I don't, I don't think the secret is real. I think it is, uh, there is a science behind it. Like you say, like, yeah, Katie, you know, going way back, it was really useful if you spotted a source of food or you needed something, then of course, as soon as you prime your brain to start thinking about it, you start to spot it everywhere. So a lady told me the other day, she was buying a Mazda Bongo. I have a Mazda Bongo. She says, yeah, there's not many of them in Stockport. And I said, now you've spotted one, start to buy them you will see them everywhere you go and also as a japanese car dealer that exclusively sells bongos around the corner from you i promise you've never seen them before but they've always been there and now that she's primed her brain to think of them she's really focused on them consciously and subconsciously i guarantee she'll see them around every corner so yeah it's called your reticular activating system whatever you prime your brain to think about whatever you focus on even when you're not consciously thinking about it you'll see it um and my example of that katie is whenever i'm out hiking and i need a wee and i pass a toilet and i ignore it and then i think okay i really need to go and then you start spotting like um uh, oh there's a pub they might have a toilet oh there's a house they might let me use their toilet and as you go up the hills it's like there's a forest i might be able to go somewhere in the forest (laughs) but then you get out the forest you're up on the hills you spot rocks you get maybe i could go by that rock you get really inventive and really resourceful and you start to spot solutions even ones that you would never have entertained before because you just weren't in that state if you're interested in this idea there is a book called spot the gorilla it's by richard weisman and it is all about that and it comes from that youtube clip i don't know if you've seen it katie where there's people um playing basketball and you have to count how many bounces (laughs) and uh yeah anyway i wrote it's called spot the gorilla spoiler alert (laughs) there's a gorilla in the middle of it of course most people don't see it i've used this in so many training rooms and a good 80 percent of people if sometimes 100 percent, do not spot the gorilla as soon as they get competitive and they're focused on the counting they can't spot a man in a gorilla suit smack bang in the middle of the room i didn't see it the first time i did it so this is why positive thinking is is really powerful when you put your focus on opportunities or possibilities or the upside you do see more of them which is the which is the thing but there are, also, there's also some other benefits um, as well. Okay, I was going to say it um, it is better for your health as well. There is some there's some research that suggests that people who um, are more resilient or happier do generally have better. Um, there is an immune response to that, and your immune system does pick up too. So in terms of your cardiovascular health, your mental health, but your, also your immune system to fight off uh, illness and disease, that is also improved by positive thinking too. Yeah, and I think as well that you know, if you if you are more positive and you know, and, and, and it kind of if if you are able to think more positively, I think that does kind of breed more resilience and decrease your anxiety as well. Because I think, you know, I like I as someone who does suffer a lot from anxiety, I'm very aware of how negativity can take hold and kind of spiral out of control. So you know, if you can change your thought patterns and, and focus more on the positive and not let the negativity take hold i think that definitely helps to to reduce anxiety as well so there really is a power in positive and thinking in that sense because it actually again improves your mental health as well as your physical health and of course it's better for relationships a lot of the time whether that's you know relationships with a partner or with friends or family you know again 
constant negativity can be very draining to be around and again we're not saying everything is all sunshine and rainbows and you know kind of dancing through the streets every day but I think in general positive thinking tends to have a better impact on relationships than negative yeah. thinking but again there's a place for negativity but it's I think it can really improve communication and outlook and you know planning and stuff if if you can have that sort of positive approach and kind of I guess thinking you know seeing the best in people and things like that again obviously there is a flip side to that of you don't want to get taken advantage of and things but I think if you can see the good and the best in people then it's gonna make you more open to things that can bring you joy in your life yeah, it creates trust as well as builds rapport as well, Katie. People, when people feel safe, they're more trusting. And of course, the more trusting they are, um, the easier it is to have those relationships. Like you say, even just the tiny, like the subtlety of the words you use. If you are, like you say, if you're spotting the best in people and assuming good intent, your communication gives people a bit more generous towards people. And of course, like breeds like. So when you're open and trusting towards other people, they tend to give you that back. Whereas they could sort of put their guard up a bit if we don't do it. Um, yeah and that's the same you know in the freelance business world as well if you know if you've got a difficult client we've obviously talked about dealing with difficult clients in previous episodes but if you're having some difficulties with a client and you again are are kind of trying to see the positive in them and trying to focus on that then you probably have it'll be easier for you to have a discussion and kind of overcome any challenges that you're having and I think as well like when I'm working with clients for example one of the things that they quite like is that I do have quite a creative positive approach because it means if they come to me with a problem and they're panicking about it, I can then go, actually, don't worry. I can, you know, I will find a way around this. We'll find a way to get it done. And that then just reassures them because they just kind of, you know, they don't know the, the technical side of it. So they don't know if it's possible and they're panicking. And I think one of the things that I'm yeah big believer in is that I might not know the solution now, but I'm confident I can reach a solution for us and figure it out. And I think that's really helpful in, in terms of the relationships I have with clients as well. Yeah, and I think there's a real difference going into a relationship to not get screwed over and going into a relationship looking to, to create a win-win. And I think when you say, if you go in not to get screwed over or not to, or to stop people from you know getting the better of you it really just changed the dynamic massively i think the thing as well it, a positive thinking for me just gives you better results and um i think that's absolutely key you know is the it some people might go into something with a quite negative outlook and it might be quite pragmatic or it might find the flaws and the challenges someone else might go into a situation looking very positive positively seeing the opportunities now you could make a case that either person has the correct outlook you could argue that one person is more pragmatic and realistic and you know what they might well be right but what i do know is that if someone goes into a situation with a positive outlook and they they're probably going to reach higher they're probably going to try they're probably going to build more relationships they're always going to get better results than the person who goes out from a negative outlook so both people may fall short but one person will definitely get further than the other so is positive thinking a load of old uh, you know uh, feel good guff i don't know but I, I, what i do know is it stacks the odds in your favor and sometimes that's that's enough of course it just feels nice as well um you know it feels nice to be in a bit of a, a funk sometimes but then it also feels quite good to lift yourself out of it eventually um so 
Katie, I mean, I, just just the last thing on the power of positive thinking. I think we're all sold on this, but there is again, there is also some science behind this. When we focus on the negatives, or when we focus on problems, or blockers, or challenges, it triggers a threat response. And when we fr- trigger a threat response in our brains, our brain um, helps. I'm using the air quotes on the podcast <laughs> again. It helps by um, by lightening the load. And this is why quite often when we when we are in a negative place, we say, "Oh, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place." If I do this, it's I'm screwed. If I do this, I'm screwed. Um, there's nothing else to be done. And someone else might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, you've got more than two options. But that's what your brain does. When you're under stress, it tries to lighten the load by giving you fewer things to focus on and you just focus on the, the biggest threats normally. When we are in a more positive place, we shift our thinking towards the negative, we feel safe and we're better. And this creates an environment of trust. Um, and that means we're more likely to share our problems as well as our resources. We're more likely to collaborate and we're also more likely to help and we mentioned the reticular activating system before we're in a much better state to spot opportunities but also make connections between ideas so one of my favorite authors on these subjects David Rock he says innovative thinking creative thinking comes from feeling safe um, from feeling calm and being in generally quite a good state he said in that state you're able to make connections between ideas that previously seemed completely disconnected so when you're stuck in a rut and you really need a creative resourceful solution um, being able to be in a more positive place actually puts your brain in a better position to do it if you're in a threat mindset it's almost impossible to, to come up with that third way, if you like. So it's not just about uh, feeling cheesy and happy and fluffy. So there we go. There are There is a case for negativity. There's a case for positivity. I think positivity is always going to get you better results. So, um, yeah, shall we turn our shall we turn our, our thoughts, Katie, to how can you be a, a positive thinker? So if you're a negative person, if you are or somebody who maybe has a tendency to think negatively, can you learn positive thinking yeah that, that, that's, that's a good question because um i know a lot of people will say well look i'm just a negative person and that's just how i've always been and it's just just the way i am and that's true and I, do you know what i think in all fairness some people you know life has taught them that the world is a negative place and i don't blame them at all they're absolutely right to th- see things that way because their experience of the world has told them to expect the worst and i think some people have been raised like that whether it's from their parents or their grandparents they've just been that's just how people have communicated or thought in their household but even if that's you and you can't help it your brain always immediately flicks to the negative side of things you absolutely can improve your ability to think more positively and you could develop some habits that will help you do it I don't think you're ever going to be Mr or Mrs Sunshine you're never going to be uh the, the you know the, the um you know the, the most positive person in the room but I think you can uh, develop those skills and I think one of the key ways to do it is to is to practice Katie so things like we'll talk about some of these but if you practice some of the tools and techniques we're going to discuss things like gratitude for example just practicing each day looking for the positives the more you do it the easier it becomes the neural pathways in your brain start to connect the more you connect that pathway the easier and faster it comes to you in future so definitely I think you can practice it I don't know what your thoughts are Katie yeah I think so I think like it's really interesting as well because I think you could be somebody who's negative in certain elements of your life but then positive in others so like like I'm probably tend towards negativity in my personal life but when it comes to my business I'm pretty much a relentless optimist and my kind of philosophy is you know it will be okay because it has to be okay and I and I kind of have 
complete and utter faith not not in not even in like you know my business or my clients or anything but in myself to figure something out and you know that even if my current business failed that I could create a new one or if nothing else I know I could go and get a job in a coffee shop or something like I feel like you know I have I have faith in terms of putting you know getting to a point where I will still be able to manage financially and and you know in terms of time and everything else and and so it, I, I I kind of I want to take some of the the positive attitude that I have for my business and kind of bring that into my personal life a little bit so um for me I'm definitely going to be practicing some of the things that we're going to be talking about today as well so Michelle um let's let's hear some of the tips in terms of how we can you know be a bit more positive and I will use a phrase that Roland shared with me from some um, ridiculous corporate thing he came across. Let's look at how we can turn our negatives into megatives. <laughs> or I should probably say it with an American accent. Yeah, how can we keep our negative? How can we turn our negatives into megatives? <laughs> so, did he keep how- a straight face when he was presented <laughs> with that, Katie, <laughs> or did he laugh out loud? <laughs> he laughed out loud. <laughs> I think he kind of loves it. He, he's like he kind of has this dream of being like a corporate American, I think, in his heart. So, <laughs> so yeah, like how can we turn our, our negatives into into something a bit more positive? Maybe not a negative. Um, and and I think maybe looking at not not necessarily going from everything is completely terrible to everything is wonderful but how can we just meet even make a bit of an improvement um michelle you were telling me an amazing story just before we started recording about um you know how high you should be aiming yeah i mean it's not all about say being sweetness and light and uh, i was working with some guys in bolton and, and the whole bank that i was working for were doing this initiative about good to great and uh, the whole idea was that everybody you know we're all doing good but now everything we in everything we do we should be aiming for great how do we get from good to great and this initiative all these projects to get from good to great and I went to do some training in Bolton and the guys in Bolton had a a slightly different outlook they said I said oh it's all part of your good to great initiative guys he went good to great oh you mean shite to all right that's what we call it here So the guys, so the guys so in Bolton raving from shite to all right. Yeah, they had set the bar appropriately, I think. <laughs> it was, and you're okay, that was quite funny because um, they, they kind of had a point. So it was called, the initiative was called Good to Great, but the initiative was introduced because they were underperforming and everything was a bit broken and nothing was working. So they were right, things were shite and they were just aiming to get it functional. But I think someone had come up with this uh, very lofty uh, badge for it. So fair play to the people in Bolton. You never get any bullshit in Bolton (laughs) (laughs) and it's a really good point I think sometimes you know there is pressure I think to feel positive and sweep things under the rug and pretend that things are okay but I think that actually we need to acknowledge the reality first before we can then maybe start to tackle it and feel more positive about it I don't know what you think Michelle yeah, I think sometimes the aim is just to, to get yourself out of a rut or sometimes the aim is just to get the, 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 you know, if you've got a happiness scale from naught to 10, if you're at a sort of a four or a five, maybe just aim for a six to begin with or maybe aim for a six or a seven and then 
work out what it would look like at each point on the scale and just go for the first one. I think sometimes if we aim to you know go the whole distance in one go, it can be quite demotivating when we don't do it. So I think realistic expectations. To- Tony Robbins says it's the expectations that that kill you. It's um you know we have like we mentioned before looking at people's best lives on the internet and sometimes we have this expectation that we'll earn a certain amount or that we'll have this career by the time we're 40 or 50 or you know we're going to have the house the car and the two kids it's like well where did those expectations come from if they're not realistic or they're not appropriate for you you're always going to feel um like you've come up short in relation to those um I also think, Katie, some of the things we could do to turn our negatives into negatives, I think a really useful place to to start for some people would be just to notice your hot buttons or your triggers. So is there anything in particular that really gets you into a negative place? Um, And either can you avoid those or could you just be aware of them and perhaps decide in advance how you're going to deal with them? I'm trying to think of some of my hot buttons or triggers. Repeat repeat incompetence is one of mine. So the last time I got really, really negative and angry where it was hard to get out was just dealing with this company and they lost my paperwork like three times. And now I've got to pay twice the amount to get it fixed. And I just ended up fuming just for like an hour. I couldn't even deal with it properly. I was just fuming for a whole hour. So I think... An expectation of competence, but a lack of regard and communication as well. That was that really got me going, Katie. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's it's working out kind of yeah, no knowing what it is that kind of is gonna potentially lead you down that negativity spiral and and sort of preempting it or just you know, like you say, like 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 we talked about before, like actually kind of going, Okay, yeah, this is gonna happen. I'm probably gonna feel a bit rubbish. That doesn't mean I'm always gonna feel rubbish. Like, and you know, it's, these, these are the thoughts that I might have and they're just thoughts and I, you know, I don't have to try and control them. I'm just going to let them kind of go get, work their way through my system. And I think sometimes you just need a bit of time and, you know, you don't always have to force it. Um, but I think the, the key is not to dwell in it, is to kind of, you know, let the negative thoughts happen. And this is something I struggle with. So I'm not saying, oh yeah, just, just get over it. It's fine. I know how difficult it is, but I think not dwelling on the negativity is probably the best thing that you can do if you know you're going to be triggered by something and it's kind of oh there's a you know a good reason like we talked about for the negative thought how to get from there to positivity I think is just yeah if you you know accept it you know I think one of the things I found really useful is around validating your own emotions and kind of saying like do you know what like I'm feeling negative at the moment that is an acceptable response to this situation. It's, you know, it's, of course I'm feeling this way because this is a bad situation. Um, but it doesn't mean that the situation is always going to be like this and it doesn't mean I'm always going to feel like this. But can I just give yourself a bit of a break and don't beat yourself up and get into that cycle of the negativity about the negativity as well. And then use some of these other techniques to then try and get yourself kind of out of that spot. Yeah, and I think I think that's a really good point, Katie, because I think um, there's there's kind of like a a debate or a bit of a balance between venting and dwelling on the emotion. Like you say, you've got to allow yourself to have it because it's there for a reason. And if you suppress suppress it, it will come back. Um, But also between moving on from it as well. So in the short term and long term. So 
there is some there's, I can't find any agreement on the exact amount of time but they say that you can't hold an emotion for more than a minute some say 30 seconds some say 90 seconds but or some people say a few minutes but the general thinking is that actually the amount of time you can feel an emotion for like sadness or anger or you know negativity it can't last for more than a let's say a couple of minutes um but you, and you might I just said oh, I was angry for an hour I wasn't angry for an hour what I did was I was angry for maybe a minute or two and then I kept thinking about the anger I kept replaying that moment over and over in my head and just kept re-triggering the same emotion over and over and over for about an hour and so really it's just a minute or two so there's a bit of a balance between the two and so I think one thing like you say Kate can be really good is just to let yourself have that negative thought or emotion and so some of the things that I've been exploring with groups I've been working with is to actually let yourself have a bit of a a bit of a negative moment and um some of the guys i've been working with particularly call centers that take customer complaints have said the things they do in the moment to deal with a tough call is they either swear under their breath or uh, to themselves not at someone uh or they just go for a walk they step out of the room sometimes they have a bit of a scream or a bit of a rant um and that and that they just kind of let it out but it, there is some research that suggests that too much venting or ranting doesn't help so there was a study that they they did where they got people to punch a pillow and allowed people to have a good old angry scream in a negative situation and they were trying to study whether the people who were doing the punching of the pillow recovered from a negative scenario quicker than those who say took a few deep deep breaths and went for a walk and most people thought that those punching the pillow would actually feel much better quicker because they got the theory is they got it out of their system But what they actually found was that the people who did something like breathing exercises, going for a walk, clearing their head, listening to music, those people um, recovered quicker than those punching the pillow. And the idea is that those that were punching on the pillow were focusing on their anger. They were replaying the angry moment over and over again. And actually that just wound them up and made them a little bit worse. It delayed their ability to bounce back from a poor situation. So I think there's a nice, a finely tuned balance between letting yourself have an angry moment, having a scream, having a swear, but yeah, the general consent, the general consensus is to move on after you've had that initial moment. Don't dwell on it for for too long would be the suggestion. And that's where things like mindfulness, I think, come in as well. Like I'm doing a mindfulness course at the moment and I hate mindfulness. I'm a noisy, fidgety person and I don't like it. But I, I also recognise that much in the same way as I have my attitude towards exercise, that I, I completely am sold on the science of it. I know it's really good for me. I just don't like most forms of it. And the same with mindfulness. I don't like a lot of the the ways of doing mindfulness, but I think it's about figuring out ways to make it work for you with any of these techniques as well. And so things like when I'm doing the cleaning, just kind of being very mindful in the way I clean and just, I mean, it's basically just focusing. That's, that's essentially it, isn't it? But it's that training your brain and there's a lot of science that repeated mindfulness actually trains your brain to work, to, to help you deal better with negative and intrusive thoughts. So I'm kind of trying to incorporate it more into my life and help help to kind of notice more what's happening and be an observer of the thoughts rather than letting the thoughts take control and, and kind of drive me through everything. So I think if you're somebody that's struggling with negativity, then it might be worth trying mindfulness, even if, even if you don't like it. I think it's one of those things, like you were saying earlier, Michelle, it's about strengthening that muscle and building those kind of 
I guess, neural pathways. I'm no scientist, but um, kind of getting getting that to a point where you are used to stepping back from your thoughts and observing them. And then you can be a bit more objective rather than when you're in the middle of the emotion and then it's very hard to be objective and kind of make any sense of it at all. Yeah, I, I really like doing yoga with Adrian for that reason. Like you, Kate, I'm not so keen on the sitting on a chair mindfulness. I do quite like doing mindful walking um, when I'm out and about, but I find it's just things like yoga help. But, um, yeah, I do yoga with Adrian on YouTube because my regular yoga class isn't operating at the moment, and she is everything I would normally hate about a YouTube yogery person, the quite fluffy, <laughs> spiritual American, you know, doing these Americanisms, using this cheesy language, but she's really good at just little language bits she does to get you focus on your feelings or your emotions or your thoughts and that mind she's really good for the mind body connection as well as the body and I do think there's something about that that helps um there are some other things we could do as well Katie you mentioned mindfulness there and and the practice of mindfulness to to, to help you with your mental state I also think that um shifting your focus can really help too and this is something you can practice doing so even if you find that you immediately flick to the negativity part of things then what you could do is that you can go uh, you can actually practice uh, focus focusing your attention now this is the thing that i think is the single most useful thing that you can do is to learn to shift your focus so there are lots of things going on in the world. We talked about spotting the gorilla earlier. You've got the negative stuff, the positive stuff. If you can catch yourself in the midst of spotting the negative and practice shifting your focus to the positive, shifting your focus from one, whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to feel. And that can really help. So one of the things that's really helpful, I think, is gratitude. Uh, some people keep a journal. I'm not a massive journal fan, but even if you just spent, say, five, ten minutes in the morning just listing the things that you're really grateful for or just turning your focus to what you're looking forward to to each day. So I do this with training. If I've got to go training a group and I know they're forced to go, they're forced to be in the training session or I've had to train people, um, you know, to do communication skills for interviews because they're being made redundant I've had to go into a room and I find myself thinking oh god I'm not looking forward to this I'm going to have a real negative group but then I catch myself doing it and go no hang on let's let's think um who am I looking forward to meeting today what can I do to help these people today what am I looking forward to about this session what are the opportunities that I have to make things better so if you spend five ten minutes in the morning just thinking about what um what one thing if you achieved it today would make you feel really proud this kind of question really helps and questions are better than statements I don't know what you think Kate if you've ever done like um I don't know incantations or affirmations <laughs> no have you met me <laughs> Of course I, I as, I, as the words came out of my mouth, I'm thinking that's probably not what she's what she's done. I just wondered if anyone ever recommended it to you for anxiety or something. But um, like questions, when you pose questions to yourself, quite you know reflective ones, even when you're not thinking about them, your brain mulls them over. This is why questions are good. And at the end of the day, if you could ask yourself, you know, just five, ten minutes in the evening or before you go to bed, what did I enjoy about today? What was I grateful for? What brought me joy today? Just don't have to do it long just ask yourself those questions and just really focus on it for a few minutes if you do that every single day you will get much better you'll prime your brain you'll make those connections and you'll spot the gorilla or you'll spot the opportunities basically so that is one way you can build a habit as well to do that and there are um there are apps i think out there as well where you can kind of rate your day and say you know what's gone well and what's not gone well they'll kind of do a little prompt for you and stuff as well so if you're a digital technical person that wants you know a bit more of a proactive reminder about that and place to store everything um i can't 
there was one I've used in the past. I can't remember what it's called, but um, yeah, if, if you if you search for kind of, um, I guess that you rate journaling day rating gratitude apps, I'm sure they'll come up. So yeah, there's loads of those as well. So I think, and then the other thing, the other thing you do, Kate, is well as shifting your focus, you can also shift your state. So we're talking a lot a bit about things you can do with your mind and what you do with your thinking. But you could also, I think, changing your body state is really, really good. So if you, um, if you are finding yourself in a bit of a funk, if you're slumped on the sofa, I was speaking to someone yesterday that was just sat on the sofa all day and, and realised that wasn't a very great state for feeling productive or or, or happy. Um, stand up go for a walk, do some exercise, like physically move your body, change your environment. And I know that's not going to make the world's problems go away, but it will, it changes your chemistry, it changes your body and it will help. It changes your energy levels. Um, or, you know, breathing, but even just dancing to your favourite song will change your state. So pick an upbeat, happy tune. We've all got a happy tune. I love Manic Monday by the Bangles. I think that's a happy tune for me. Um, Look at a picture of a pet or a loved one or hug someone at the moment. That's difficult for some people, but do you know what I mean? Like physically do something which changes your state. And that in the short term is something that will really, really give you a lift. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, like, yeah, if I put on a tune and dance around like a nutter, then that does help. that, and like that's one of the things that like I, I miss I was saying earlier, like I miss I miss driving places a bit where to have where I can have the the music on really loud and just sing along like a crazy person without worrying about anybody hearing me um and I think that does help sometimes and like I think like that's when I kind of notice things as well like when I'm if, if I'm driving along and it's a really nice day and I'm singing along to my favorite tunes I just I just always have this kind of like oh I feel really like good and I think noticing those types of noticing the times when you are feeling positive about things and kind of going oh right yeah noting that okay I I can add that to my list of things that make me feel better or you how can I create more situations that that will let me feel this way rather than things that trigger me to be negative as well uh, really help me so yeah just kind of knowing knowing what makes you feel better and I think as well for me it's about finding or knowing the right person to talk to. And sometimes if you're feeling really negative, you might not want to speak to anybody. And sometimes that's okay, but sometimes it probably is beneficial for you to speak to someone. But I think it's useful to, ahead of time to think about, okay, when I'm in, when I'm feeling negative about this, who's the who helped me to feel better? Because if you're feeling rubbish, then it's probably someone who's all like unicorns and rainbows might not make you feel very good. If they're, if they're somebody, you know, there's a time and a place for people who are really rational and good at fixing problems. But when you're feeling negative, having someone come in and go, oh no, it's, you know, you should be feeling fine about this. Look, here's all the reasons you have to feel good. You kind of almost want someone that will help you kind of acknowledge how crappy everything is for you and how negative things are, but then help you to kind of get out of that hole yourself and feel better about it. The kind of you know, climb in with you and then help you get out, I think. And so finding the people that will do that can be really useful. And also avoiding other people who are just going to stay in the hole with you and reinforce that negativity. So I think if you plan that out ahead of time, to think like, who are the good people that I can kind of reach out to when I'm feeling a bit negative about something? And they can maybe put a different perspective on it or, you know, cheer you up enough to snap you out of it to then for you to actually put a different perspective on it yourself. Yeah, I think that that's a, the balance, isn't it, Katie? Like, there, like you say, there's sometimes we want practical solutions. There's sometimes we want tea and sympathy. It's just with the tea and sympathy people, um, 
just yeah it's it's a weird one i see lots of people be the shoulders to cry on but because it helps them not the person who's doing the crying and you don't want someone who wants to be in the in the in the pit with them yeah you want someone who's gonna you know help you get it out but in a good way or a proportionate way but i think that's a really good tip um, I, I think another one that can help, Casey, like we mentioned, just sitting with it or acknowledging the neg- negative thoughts, um, labelling it can really help as well. Um, this is one of the ones that David Rock has mentioned in his book, Your Brain at Work. He said just simply labelling the emotion can help. When I mentioned I got really angry the other day for like a whole hour, just literally... Um, I, I was stewing over it for about an hour. And then when my wife came home, I just went, I'm just so angry I'm just so frustrated and then and, and something about although I'd been having those thoughts for a long time in my head there was something about verbalizing it and actually labeling it and saying it's this this is what I'm feeling this is the emotion that I'm feeling that actually all of a sudden and like you say almost validated it or it almost brought it, it I don't know something about it made me feel better so if you can put a finger on it and you can label the emotion like you say I'm feeling angry I'm feeling hurt I'm feeling frustrated there is something about it that has been shown to help and if that on its own doesn't help, there are a couple other things we can do. Um, David Rock calls it cognitive reappraisal. I think you and I, Katie, would probably call it um, reframing and um, or just thinking about it differently. And there's a few um, he mentioned, and I think I've mentioned this on one of the other podcasts. He said there's four ways of doing this. One is to reinterpret it. So, um, you know, oh, that person wasn't shouting because they hate me. They were shouting because they were scared. Um, or that person, you know, wasn't um, short with me because I've done something wrong. They were short with me because they're in a hurry today and they haven't got any time. Um, you know, that person, you know, wasn't shouting at me because um, uh, there's something wrong with me. Maybe they secretly fancy me and that's the way of telling me. Just just things like that. Uh, probably not that last one, but uh, it's a way of doing it. So re- reappraise it and actually reinterpret it. He also said there's normalising. So you said, Katie, though, everybody has this ability. You know, every, everybody feels down sometimes. And he said just normalising it. So everybody makes mistakes or tell yourself everybody feels down or everybody struggles when they first set up a business or everybody has their off days. He said simply normalising the behaviour will help. He also talks about reorder, ordering, reordering, which is just focusing on what's more important. So I did have a bit of a situation a few months back uh, earlier this year where I may have uh, zoned out in slow moving traffic and I kissed the car in front of me ever so slightly. A brand new shiny <laughs> Tesla, though. A brand new shiny Tesla the guy hadn't actually paid for, finished paying for yet. Nothing happened. I literally just transferred the dirt from my car onto his car. But um, we were both quite shocked. So like, well, do we swap you know, insurance? What do we do? Um, and then, do you know what? Both of us very quickly got to the point where we're like, do you know what? Nobody died. Do you know what I mean? It could be worse. Nobody's been hurt. And this whole act of focusing on something more important, getting your the situation you're in into the priority list. I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've still got my health or something like yeah that. exactly yeah yeah and it's not that thing like you know like your parents always used to say when you didn't finish your lunch or dinner like oh there's starving children in africa it's not necessarily making yourself feel bad that you're you know because i think i think that's one thing that a lot of people are experiencing at the moment during the coronavirus stuff is that they feel bad about feeling bad so if you've been feeling quite negative or down because your business has been suffering and you've been really struggling to balance it with childcare and other things like that you know, you you might have been feeling negative, but then you might have been feeling bad for feeling negative because you remember, oh, well, I shouldn't feel bad because at least I've got my health and, and I shouldn't feel bad because there's other people who've got it so much worse. So I think normalising it is good into and, and sort of saying like, oh, oh, sorry, reordering it rather is good. 
Um, but I think in terms of your own priorities is the important thing. It's kind of not, not comparing yourself to other people, but to say like, yeah, exactly. Look, you know, yeah, it's really stressful, but, um, you know, we've, we've, we've got through worse and we've still got, you know, we're, we're here with the, with the family or, um, I've, I've got my friends that I can reach out to and that's what's important or whatever, like, yeah, the, whatever your priorities are. A- acknowledging if it's tough as well, like actually if the negativity is around something that is, is one of your biggest priorities as well, then that is going to be really hard. And, you know, yes, you can look at the other, you know, the next things down, but actually if it's your top priority that's being affected, then that is really hard. And I think, again, just allowing yourself to, to feel that is okay. And, and yeah, but then trying to focus on, okay, now what am I going to do about it? How can I, how can I yeah. make this? the best I can I think that's the thing it's like you know from shite to all right it's kind of it's not like oh okay yeah um this isn't you know this isn't a priority therefore everything is shiny and lovely it's kind of like okay this is this is you know really difficult situation how can I make it a little bit better and how you know can I see a way to make it a little bit better yeah I think quite right Kate that's a good distinction actually it is about making the best of it and like you say not feeling feeling guilty like you say you're not comparing to other people it's just getting what's right for you and do you know what I think another one and David Rock suggested this too but I think this is a good general rule for life and I know we've mentioned it before Katie is just put yourself in other people's shoes and again not um not to just diminish or invalidate what you're going through but also just to empathize and see things from other people's perspectives so if you're thinking negatively or you'll find yourself quite cross with somebody put yourself in their shoes or try and see it from another person's perspective and that can feel really hard to do sometimes but when we do this what we have to do is then try and uh, focus or tune into someone else's emotions and what that does it lifts you out of your own emotions but it also gives you more information to work with so when we are when we're suffering from a problem when we're thinking negatively we're generally quite stuck and and focused on our our situation or our dilemma and we're only seeing one side of it and sometimes when we try to see things from other people's perspective we get more information more perspectives and that allows us to make a more balanced a more rational view so if you're finding you get things out of proportion that can be quite a good one you can do as well definitely so michelle did you have any other tips at all or have we covered everything I think that's quite a f- quite a few. I mean, one other one I'd probably just chuck in there, Katie, is is visualization. So ask yourself, what if it all goes right, as opposed to what if it all goes wrong? Um, some people think like visualization, something you do with a guru, like this is some weird mystical exercise. Actually, visualization is just really just uh, trying to play the scene in your mind. And I was working with a group the other day, and people said, well, actually, I've never actually sat down and done a visualization, but now you mention it, I have done this thing before where I was going for a job interview and just you know the night before I was playing it through in my head and just imagining myself performing really well in the interview and they hadn't done a visualization as such but they had uh, tried to play the scenario through in their head and if you could try and play the scenario through in your head maybe a difficult conversation maybe trying to think what what would the best outcome be in a situation if you can visualize it that is proven to help and again it's not just a fluffy let's imagine everything's going to be great thing what it does is it allows you to scenario plan again it's those neural pathways it helps you make decisions ahead of time and of course if you're presented with a good set of circumstances and you've already thought about how you're going to capitalize on them you're 
it comes a lot quicker and easier when you're in the real situation so um it works better for some than for others some are really visual people they can really get those images to mind dead easy or those conversations dead easy but it could be something that you could try and again with all of those things we've mentioned katie it's about practice not just trying them once ago it didn't work it's about trying just a little bit day in day out until it comes more easily to you yeah or make it work for you like i fundamentally cannot visualize stuff so then it's about okay well what what's what's the kind of essence of that well it's yeah it's it's kind of you know creating a future world in which you see things working out okay so for me that might be writing it as 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 words and writing a story or creating a plan for it where where there's an assumption that that's going to work because that's going to have a similar effect to the visualizing so if the if that if the visualizing stuff doesn't work because i yeah i just literally cannot bring pictures into my mind then like yeah what other ways can you still create that future for yourself so like one of the things we've done in the past michelle is you know we've written when we've been doing planning and stuff it's kind of rather than um you know in five years i will do this it's kind of writing it from the perspective of the future so it's five years on and i am doing this and this is happening and i think the subtlety of of the of the wording of that is is you know it's kind of like reinforcing that it's happened and it's building that that mental picture even if it's not an actual picture it's building that that future out so i think there's ways of making all of these tips work for you um and just yeah just try stuff and pick and mix and try different different things and like michelle says yeah if it doesn't stick once then do do try it in different scenarios and ask other people how they how they deal with negativity as well you know how do they get out of a slump or if if they're kind of stuck in a negativity rut how can they change their minds um i think you know just working with a group of other people can be really helpful as well to get different perspectives on things and you can often find that something you thought was an unsolvable problem is actually solved really quickly when you bring other people on board so i think reaching out to a good group of people as well can help and obviously at the end of each of our episodes we always like to take our our one top tip to rule them all and say which of these things we'd have if we could just do one piece of advice what would we do so michelle what would that be for you if you could just do one thing in terms of um being more positive what would it be um i think for me it would be would be practice so just get into the habit of noticing things that really work for you and just just give them a go so there might be a bit of trial and error but i think give some time and attention to it and just if you're finding something that's that like you like the sound of or it's working for you just yeah try it for a few days like gratitude for example just give it a bash and just practice and tweak it and refine it until you've got something that really works for you as an individual what about you katie I think one of the things you said I'm going to try, um, which is the asking questions. I really like the idea of that because I know I am quite a creative problem solver. And so I think if I was asking myself the question, then I would probably be quite creative with how I solve that problem and or how I kind of, yeah, reframe that problem. So questioning and reframing is what I'm going to try and do is my is my kind of takeaway from this. So as always, we'd love to hear how you guys are dealing with any negativity stuff, especially at the moment. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at 99problemscast. That's the number 99, problems, and then cast as in podcast. And 
Of course, let us know if there's any other problems that you'd like us to tackle on future episodes. And speaking of future episodes, if you want to make sure that you get alerted whenever we do release a new episode, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until then, we'll say goodbye and see you next time for an episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One.